Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Friday, July 15th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win, probability, totals, hitter, and pitcher projections, and I bring in the weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game. Played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. And I did mention this yesterday. I'm going to have a hard time having a show tomorrow. I'd say it's like very doubtful that there's a Saturday show tomorrow, given uh, the situation that I will be in uh, during the morning. So many day games. It's kind of a small window to get it out there before all the other games get started. Uh, so it, it's, it's not completely off the table, but just an FYI. Highly likely we're not going to be able to have a Saturday show, but we will uh, have a bunch of things, special little goodies upcoming for you through the All-Star break and then back to regular shows after that. All right, so my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on and explain with a model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, I had a little quick thread last night, made a few updates to the model uh, for sides and totals, just a couple little tweaks around the edges. Uh, we're still up about seven units for the month of July, so it's still a solid month. I'm overall, uh, I'm not upset about it, uh, but I, there are a couple of things that I thought were just a little too rough around the edge. Just kind of talked a little bit about the, the model's not reacting very well to the Royals and the Rockies specifically, and that those teams aren't as terrible as the model thinks. So kind of just trying to dive in and figure out how how to account for that without all of a sudden making it think that like the Nationals are good or something because they aren't, right? And, and, and we're nailing the Mariners, right? And it's not just that we're picking the Mariners. Anybody can pick the Mariners. It's that I'm saying like there's still value on the Mariners, that they're still a team worth riding, you know, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of things the model's doing really well that I'm pleased with, but there were a couple things that I, I didn't like. So I tweeted a little thread about that. Um, the beep grade picks have just been terrible these last three days, just been atrocious. And that's kind of the main thing that hopefully we can kind of get those right. Um, I know a lot of y'all just play the A plays and hey, that's totally fine, of course. Um, but if I get those B play rolling, these B plays rolling, I feel like that uh, makes things a lot more fun and gives you a little more depth, you know, to, to some picks. So uh, made a few tweaks on that. Uh, otherwise, it's just some wonky games this last week. Maybe it's a little bit of the pre all-star game things. Maybe this week, especially I feel like Sunday might get really weird. Sunday's the day where like you might end up with starting pitchers throwing the in relief, depending on, if their day to pitch was that day, but there was an off day before and now they're not going to throw for a week, that sort of stuff. So this weekend might get a little bit weirder <laughs> with some things. Um, probably not too much weirder than the Royals winning yesterday with their, uh, you know, with their triple A team, <laughs> but you know, that's baseball, right? And random things happen all the time. And uh, it's just, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, when the, when the random upsets kind of happened that we just kind of zigged and zagged poorly. And, and like I said, part of that is, Part of this, I wanted to look in the model and just see if I could make some adjustments to see if there was anything there and a couple of minor things. But part of it's just random variance, and we just got to make sure that, you know, we stick to our guns with playing dogs when there's value, playing favorites when there's value, and not getting too deterred by the weird zigs and zags of the season. It's a long season. That stuff will balance out in the end. 
Before we get to today's game, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And again, we've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. For those of you who like to play the ponies, they are a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Today, their favorite play is over at Gulfstream Park Race 2. So check that out. The links are in the description as well as the link to their YouTube shows. So we'll get right to it here then. Today, we've got one day game, one maybe day game. It's always frustrating when the only real weather concern is here in the afternoon. I know uh, if you're like me, you love these afternoon games, give you something to keep an eye on during the during the workday. And, and, and the weather is, is troubling. We don't really know exactly when the rain's going to come through. We might get lucky and it missed completely, but there's a decent chance either it starts on time and gets delayed or they just have to delay it for a bit and plays into the night. Uh, so maybe a day game, maybe not. Something to keep an eye out here. And game it might get postponed. So if you're a DFS player, regular fantasy, just be careful about when lineups lock. Um, there's a chance that this game doesn't even happen. It's got short. Who knows what's going on with this one. Uh, the rest of the country, weather-wise, rain looks good. This is the one kind of bugaboo here. Uh, 70 degrees throughout the day, low 70s, upper 60s, depending on how late it gets. So maybe a slightly chilly night here in or day and day and night in Chicago. So it's going to play a little pitcher friendly. Winds will be about 10 miles an hour, but across to left field, at least throughout the day. Um, as the night goes along, uh, I think the winds might actually be shifting a little bit more in. Uh, so we can, I think a little more pitcher friendly on, on this one. Tywin Walker versus Marcus Stroman. Walker with a 263 ERA, just a fantastic season for him, an exciting one. I know he's had, you know, he's had a lot of injuries. So just it, it's nice to see him healthy and put it together. Advanced metrics have him at, you know, in the low threes. So it's it's he's probably not that good, but I mean he's still doing very well. Not really a mirage here. A good pitcher. Uh, Marcus Stroman for the Cubs. Also a guy who's a good pitcher, has struggled in his 10 outings this year to the tune of a 491 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be over a full one lower than that. I think it's about a wash with regards to the starting pitchers, though I do give a slight edge to Walker, though it's probably rounding error. The model says Mets minus 126. That's the exact number that we can grab, so I'll take Mets minus 126 right now. It's only a lean, though. There's not a lot of value at that number. It's kind of a toss-up-y type game with a slight lean to the Mets, and so that's the side I'll go on because I just don't think there's a lot of value on the Cubs right now. And I'd rather be on Walker, and I'd rather be on what I think is a better Mets bullpen and what I think is a better Mets offense. Um, at, at a short number. So I think the Mets are the right side here at this price. If the price gets a little bit higher, it just it becomes just a pass or a hard game to play. At some point, if the price gets really high, maybe you jump on the Cubs and take a chance there. If the price comes down, it's a game that I would be very comfortable adding another unit to the Mets on, uh, just depending on what uh, what sort of movement it is. And only having that one unit on it, we have some of that flexibility uh, to see where the number goes on this one. 126 is a decent price, just not what I'm too crazy about, not a ton of value, in my opinion, because, again, Strowman's a solid pitcher. Right now, there's no total out, but the model says seven and a half. Based off of some of the other books that have numbers, it looks like we're going to be on the under here. I'm not really sure if people are expecting something different with regards to the weather, uh, but I will double-check the forecast uh, before I officially tweet out a play. So check and make sure before I, you know, before you just blindly take the under here, again, I'll double-check and make sure that the wind is right because that matters so much. 
Um, and sometimes that forecast changes. So uh, I don't want to have that I've pulled in weather data that we've got a crosswind, all of a sudden it's blowing out or something. So I'll just do that quick double check, or at least like the one part that really matters at. Right. So I'll do a double check there before I tweet out what we're going to do with total uh, on this one. But if nothing changes and that wind's still blowing across and we're still looking about 70 degrees, uh, the only thing that's going to happen offensively in this game is the Mets offense is good. But the Cubs have offense below average. Both bullpens are solid. I like both pitchers. So it's probably going to be an under type play, uh, in, in my opinion, again, given that the, the model under these conditions says seven and a half. But again, I'll tweet out what's going on there and confirm that nothing has changed with regards to the wind direction. 640 Eastern first pitch Phillies at the Marlins. Kyle Gibson versus Cy Young Sandy here. 173 ERA uh, for this kid who's just fantastic. At this point is the pitcher who projects to go the deepest into any game in my database. But I will caution us, and we've faded them a few times, and it's worked out okay. Um, they aren't, the Marlins aren't good. The Marlins' offense right now is in shambles. The Marlins aren't going to win every time Sandy goes out there and pitches as good as he is, and he is fantastic. His advanced metrics also say his ERA should be in the low threes. Okay, so part of that good ERA is – some good bounces and part of it is playing still in a more pitcher friendly park. Maybe they're not as quiet as much as it was before. And that pitcher friendly park, the other pitcher then gets to benefit from as well. So as good as he is, and he's fantastic. Don't get me wrong on that. I don't think he's as he's good enough to justify this sort of price on the Marlins, a price like minus 161. I just feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. Looking at this, maybe, maybe it was during the day and y'all missed it, but, if you saw that Marlins Pirates game yesterday, as bad as the pitchers are on the Pirates, the Marlins went like two for 12 or something with runners in scoring position, needed multiple extra innings to make anything happen. This Marlins offense is just in shambles right now. And that's what we talked about from the whole time that the Marlins, they had a decent enough, you know, bullpen, had some really promising and exciting starters here with Sandy, with Pablo, a couple of these guys. It was about the offense. And if the offense could just be decent, you know, they got a chance, but they got some injuries. And it just had, you know, Chisholm out, of course, is huge. And they just haven't really put it together. And, and, you know, even if Sandy goes out there and throws a complete game, they still have to score. (laughs) And so a price like minus 161, like I said, just seems absolutely crazy to me. I'm on the Phillies at plus 148, and it's an A grade pick for me. The model says it should be 125. I still think the Marlins should be favored because that's how important that Sandy is to this game. One of the updates that I made last night is I've turned up the filter that says, uh, or turned up the the slider that says a pitcher who's going to go deep makes his team have a better chance of winning because that means we've eliminated some of the extra bullpen variability. So it kind of allows you to pick your better pitchers from the bullpen. That gives you an extra edge. Turn that up and it's still, the Smallins offense is just so bad. I can't justify a price like this. Phillies have an edge on offense. Relievers are about the same. Neither one is great. The Marlins relievers, and both Marlins and Phillies relievers, in my opinion, have been a little bit disappointing. I kind of expected more from both of them. Both of them are just okay as projecting going forward. Again, huge edge with uh, with, with Sandy here, but 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 Kyle Gibson's not bad. In and of himself, a 4.53 ERA advanced metrics say it should actually be in the low fours, and he grades up just barely above average. But a barely above average pitcher, I think, can hold down this Marlins offense. I love the Phillies at plus 148. There's just way too much value to pass up. That's an A grade play for me. And I like this under seven as well. It's a B for me. The model says six and a half. And I'd be very comfortable with making this total six and a half. Now, it's it's 
it's interesting if, if, if you're working for the sports book, right? You have a hard time making totals or, or number certain things because you might know ex- kind of how your clientele are going to react to that. So for them, hanging a number like six and a half is a little bit different from me saying the number should be six and a half. I understand that they might have a lot of liabilities if they hung a number like six and a half because that's such a an eye-opening number. You might have a ton of people going over on this. But with as good as Sandy is and as good as, as bad as this Marlins offense is, I don't see how this number is seven. I think under makes a lot of sense here. It's a B grade play. It's a B plus play, really. I, I, I think the the biggest fear you have here is the Marlins keep finding themselves in extra inning games because they're playing two to two type games. And the two to two game here is going to say under's the right side, but you never know what's going to happen with those free runs that they provide. Or they try to provide in extra innings. So um, I can't give it an A grade, but I really like this under as well. I just don't see how either team scores a bunch in my opinion. 7 to 5 Eastern start time, Braves at the Nationals. Swimming the low 80s to start in Washington, upper 70s to close. A slight chance of rain, but nothing too worrisome. Winds will be across and under 5 miles an hour. It's mostly neutral night here in Washington with regards to the park. Ian Anderson versus Patrick Corbin, two pitchers that I have as exactly average. I've been saying all season that Corbin is not as bad as that ERA, and that ERA is coming down appropriately the advanced metrics say his era should be in the low fours not great not good but not terrible either ian anderson's kind of in a similar ballpark his era is around five but the advanced metrics say it should be in the low fours both these guys are just very okay there's nothing special about either one of them but there's definitely nothing special about the nats offense and this braves offense just being barely above average i'm really confused at why this total is nine and a half it's an A grade under for me. We are having to lay a little bit of a ju- little bit of juice there at minus one seventeen. If you're going under nine, as long as you're getting something like minus one oh five, hopefully even money, uh, that's also an A grade pick. You do have that push possibility, but you're going to get better odds in case weird things happen. Weird things happen all the time in baseball. It's it's very possible, right, that this game has double digit runs. It, it's just I think that in the long run, I think this is a, a a good situation here that it's not that likely to happen. It, you know, good, but I, I really don't understand this number at nine and a half. The total says 8.3. And again, neither pitcher is worth that much, but neither one's bad either. This Braves bullpen is really good. The Nats bullpen is a little bit scary. That's the biggest concern you have here. Maybe you look first five under, if that's something that you're interested in that way, you kind of say, Hey, Corbin's been okay. He can kind of maybe hold the Braves to three runs in six innings or something like that. Not a great start, uh, but one where he doesn't get completely killed. Maybe Anderson gives up a run. Maybe it's 3-1 after five. So maybe a first five under makes some sense if that's an angle you want to look at. You avoid the Nats bullpen. But as I mentioned, many of you are aware of this, I played a bunch of first fives uh, kind of middle part of the season as I analyzed it over you know, well over 100 games. It wasn't something that um, it turned out to be uh, profitable. Um, and it, and in turn, had I just stuck to full games, it would have been, uh, it would have gone from break even type plays to profitable plays. So I'm just going to stick to the full game here. Um, that's how the model's built. The model's built to uh, look at the bullpens and look at how deep the starting pitcher is going to go. And so I'll trust the under nine for the full game, a grade pick. But like I said, first five under doesn't seem crazy either. Cause I, I don't really trust that Nats pin. Hopefully it just doesn't run away again. I don't understand this number at all. I think eight and a half makes a lot more sense. Braves offense is okay. It's solid, you know, but it's not great. That Nats offense just isn't that good. So I'm loving this under, and I'll take the Braves at minus 171 with a B grade. This number's done some crazy things this morning, so I don't know what it's going to do by the time you listen to this, but 
I, I try to pull in numbers and make my picks and get it out and hit record. I try to do all that as fast as possible, um, partially because I want to sleep in, but partially also, uh, you know, when I copy in numbers, when I when I grab the numbers in, and then I, I go to lock them in on Betstamp, it, you know, the longer I wait, the more it changes, the more I've got to like then manually type stuff in. It gets really annoying, right? This number in that span of, I don't know, 10 minutes went from Braves at like minus 200 to now Braves at minus 171. It's quite a move. Um, everything is about price in baseball. You know, only one game is going to happen tonight. Only one team is going to win. But when we look at the totality of thousands of games, we have to be really cognizant of the price. And sometimes if I'm on a side and the price is way different by the time you're looking at it, you might like it more or less and I would like it more or less. And that's totally fine. That's just the way it goes. That's why I put what the model says the output should be. So you kind of have like something to go off of. And you can make your manual adjustments or combine it with other data, whatever you want to do, just to kind of give you a feel for what's a reasonable number. This number, like I said, is moving like crazy. I mean, earlier in the day, people were hard on the Nats at the at prices at like plus 180 and plus 190 and stuff like that, which makes sense. Like there's just that's just way too high. Now this price has come down. Now I think there's value on the Braves. One of the biggest line moves I've ever seen in the morning for a night game. You, you sometimes see this type of movement in the day game, but on a night game this early in the morning. So at this number, I like 171 for the Braves. Models is minus 180, but it's all about the price. I don't think Corbin's terrible. I think he can keep the Nats kind of in this game, but if you're giving me a number this low, I just can't pass up the Braves or the better team. And I love fading the Nats, so I don't really see why I'd want to stop that. But if for whatever reason it keeps going the other direction, all of a sudden now you're getting you know, a price like plus 190 or something on the Nats like was offered this morning. It's not crazy to take a stab at that either. Um, again, all about the price here at 171. I think the Braves offer some good value. And at a number like plus 157, you couldn't pay me to take the Nationals. Uh, again, I, with the model saying 180 is the most accurate number for that one. 7-5 to five first pitch, Red Sox at the Yankees. Red Sox getting some uh, some starting pitchers back here with Evaldi coming back tonight, Chris Sale coming back. Um there's times when I pull up my database that there's like the Red Sox have like two starting pitchers on the roster. It's just been a disaster for them starting pitcher wise. If they actually get healthy, uh, that could make things uh, a lot more exciting for their fans, I believe. Uh, New York tonight, weather wise, we're going to be in the low 80s to start. We're going to be mid 70s to close. Winds will be blowing at about five miles an hour in slash across. So maybe a tiny bit of help to the pitchers, but it's probably rounding air. It's not going to be a strong wind. It might be more crossing in. So kind of just a normal night in New York. On the whole, again, Eovaldi coming back for the Red Sox in this 12 outings at 316 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be in the mid to upper three. Still a good pitcher. Montgomery also very good. Kind of the same story. 319 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be in the mid to upper threes as well. Two pitchers I like. Two pitchers I trust. Two bullpens that I know the Yankees bullpen has been a lot shakier here lately, but we don't want to overreact to a week or two's worth of data. They weren't as good as that lights out best bullpen ever stretch that they had. They're not as bad as this last series against the Reds. They're still a good bullpen. Red Sox bullpen actually looking competent here and projecting above average. Both offenses are good, but eight and a half is way too much given the strength of the pitching in this game. In my opinion, the model says 7.6. So it's a B grade under for me. I can't give it an A grade because these offenses can hit a lot of home runs. And so given that possibility, that high variance, I don't think it's worthy of an A grade, but I do like this under. I think eight and a half is too high. I will stand by that assessment. I am just a little bit nervous about the variability given how good the offenses are. But in general, I still think this pitching beats 
the good hitting tonight. I like this under eight and a half. It's a B grade pick. And I'll take the Red Sox at plus 143. The model says the number should be 137. So it says there's a little bit of value in the Red Sox, but not a lot. We're approaching the point where this number is pretty fair. The Yankees are now a team officially over the last month that has underperformed my model with regards to if you take the accumulation of the 30 days, how many expected wins the model thinks the Yankees should have. They actually have fewer wins than that. So it's just a reminder that blind backing the Yankees, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, is never a good idea. We've tried to zig and zag. It hasn't really worked for us this last week, but the bottom line is blind backing the Yankees isn't going to make a lot of sense. Blind fading them obviously is a bad idea this year, how good they are. But if you just look at how the models projected them. They've actually done worse than that. Um, so we get a really good team, but the model knows they're a really good team. The books know they're a really good team. They're priced like a really good team. And at those prices, it's just hard to blind back them. I want to be against them tonight, but just not that heavy. Uh, the Yankees are more likely to win than not. Uh, and the price just isn't that exciting at plus 143. If you get this into the plus 150s, now that's a B grade. So if it goes up, I'm comfortable adding another unit. But at plus 143, I'll stick to just the one unit. But again, upper upper 140s to 150, now that becomes a B play, so just keep an eye out on Twitter. I'll post if there's enough movement for me to justify upgrading that to a B grade play. 7.05 Eastern start time, Royals at the Blue Jays. Um, I have no words for last night. And uh, I said on the show, I said I felt like 300 was a pretty solid number. Um, you could have got about plus 330 with the Royals if you just listened to me in the morning and ignored what I tweeted and you took crazy plus odds. Congratulations. Uh, I have to assume that the Blue Jays cost a lot of parlays yesterday. And it's just a reminder of what I'm always saying, that value is value. And when you add those type of things to a parlay, you think to yourself, oh, they're going to win, and it increases by payout. But what we want to remember is that we're increasing our payout just a tiny bit, but we're increasing our risk even more than that, and it's not worth it. I tweeted about this yesterday. I said that the Blue Jays just money line price. It just wasn't worth it. There's too much variability. But I really didn't know how to react to the model making that line, and I don't either today. I, I still don't. There's just not a lot of data on it. You know, I regret throwing out the model. I wish I would have just taken the plus odds yesterday. Instead, I tried run line uh, with the Blue Jays, thinking that they would score more than one. Um, Zerpa pitched really well, and the rest of the Royals pitchers who are – I stand by the relievers are terrible, but they looked fantastic yesterday. Um, I still don't know how much to trust the model on this game because it's it's just a weird situation with so many guys out. To some extent, there is this, you know, I'm kind of just using this replacement player idea. And given that, this the model says that the Blue Jays should be a minus 225 favorite today. Manoa's pretty good. He gets an 85 rating, 234 area in the season. But the advanced metrics say it should be over a run higher. So the model thinks Manoa's good, not great. Grinky's a very average pitcher. Rates out at a 101. Again, 100 is average. Uh, 452 ERA advanced metrics say it should be 4.6. And the biggest problem with Grinky, and I mentioned this previously, is he's not a guy who goes deep anymore, which means that the Royals bullpen gets involved. That's a scary thing. Worked out okay. It's been okay lately. The Royals bullpen's been much better than anybody anticipated. And their rating is increasing to the to the point where the Royals bullpen actually grades out as well as the Blue Jays bullpen now, which is really surprising to me. So it's a situation where Blue Jays have a huge edge on offense. Absolutely. And they have an edge with regards to the starting pitcher, but they don't have an edge with regards to the bullpen. And a price like 335 is just way too expensive high for me. To me, it's Royals or pass. And I think if you pass, that's totally understandable. 
Tried to get cute last night with a run line, and that didn't work out. I'll take a stab at the Royals at plus 296. There's just too much value to pass up, and anything can happen in baseball. The Royals could go in there and sweep this series, and we would all just have to be like, well, baseball's super weird, right? And the Royals might lose these next games by an aggregate score of 37-3, too. And we'd be like, yeah, they're a minor league team. But as I mentioned yesterday, a minor league team is not going to go 0-162 against a major league team. We saw it yesterday. Grinke's definitely not a minor league pitcher. And some of these Royals relievers are actually looking decent. Again, I'll take a stab at plus 296. It's not one I like. It's not what I'm confident in. We are probably burning two units. But again, we just got to stick to our guns here where there's value and say it may not work tonight, but one day it is. And, it, and, and, and in the long run, we will have enough surplus value created that that's profitable venture. So that's my stance on it. But if you just said pass on this game with regards to the side, I think that's probably also pretty smart as well. And with regards to the total, I'll take over eight and a half. It's plus 105. I like those odds. B grade pick for me. The model says nine. I don't have a ton of confidence in the Royals scoring, but I never have confidence in the Royals scoring and underplays have not been a smart investment. They've been a pretty big over team. The Jays have been, you know, have a good offense and, and bad relievers. So I think nine probably makes a lot more sense than eight. And given the odds, the books are basically saying that the total should be eight. I think it should be closer to nine. I like over eight and a half. I like those odds at plus 105. But it's not one that I have a ton of confidence in just because, again, this Royals offense, especially now kind of being in shambles, uh, Manoa could easily shut them down and go seven shutout innings. And so it's not one that I'm overly confident in. But the Royals have been an over team. They give up runs. They score runs. And so it's a B great over for me there. Hopefully we at least can make more there than the what we're probably burning on the Royals in that lotto ticket. But if nothing else, at least it'll be a fun few innings at such big plus odds. 710 Eastern start 10 Tigers at the Guardians. Upper 70s to start in Cleveland, low 70s to close. Get an easy under yesterday. As I mentioned, that Tigers offense is just terrible. Uh, was not able to score off McKenzie. McKenzie's been looking fantastic lately. Uh, kind of just keep that in your hopper for the second half. Uh, with regards to backing McKenzie. A couple of the tweaks that the model had yesterday, one of the biggest teams that affected was the Tigers, which is good. I was very tired of A plays on the Tigers. Uh, tonight it flips, and now it's an A play on the Guardians. Zach Plesak versus Drew Hutchison. Hutchison ranks out as one of the worst pitchers in the database. He's not going to go deep. I don't project him to do well. He has a 408 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be closer to five. And then he turns it over to a Tigers bullpen. That's solid. I think the Guardians can score some runs, but I have no faith in this Tigers offense to score off, off of a competent pitcher. Zach Klesak is exactly that. He's competent. He can give you some innings. He's not bad. 399 ERA, advanced metrics say it should be a slightly higher. That should be enough to hold on this Tigers offense. The Guardians relievers are good. This feels just like last night, a 4-0 Guardians win. I'm also on the under, 8.5. It is minus 120 but it's a B-grade play. Again, I don't trust the Tigers to score. The model says 7.9, so I think even under 8 makes some sense. But depending on the juice you'd have to lay, it might actually drop to a C-grade pick here. But knowing that if the Guardians win something like 7-1, to one, we get the winner. I like that. B-grade under here. And like I said, Guardians minus 181 is an A-grade pick. The model thinks the Guardians should be basically about a minus 200 favorite. So enough value at this number, but this is about as high as I want to go. As it gets higher, if it gets higher into the minus mid-180s, upper 180s into 190, now all of a sudden you're talking about a B-grade pick. And into the mid-190s, now you've dropped it to a C-grade pick. So this is about as far as I want to go with the value for the A-pick. We're having to lay a lot of juice here. I just don't have any faith in this Tigers team scoring right now. 
again, against a competent pitcher. And I think Zach Plesak is perfectly adequate for that role. 7-10 first pitch, Orioles at the Rays. Tyler Wells versus Luis Patino. Tyler Wells, a 320 ADRA, but the advanced metrics say it should be about a run higher than that. So he projects out as just average. Great season so far, but I'm just not convinced he'll be able to continue to do that all season. Luis Patino in his one game didn't make it out of an inning, but his is all about the projection from years past. Projects out to be also average. It's a wash with regards to the starting pitchers. Rays have the better offense, but the Orioles have the better bullpen. I think this game is priced perfect right now. The model says Rays minus 108, so you notice there's no pick on this one. I rarely do this, but on this one, I really could be convinced to take either side, and so I'm going to wait and see what the line movement is, and I'm just going to go opposite the line movement here and hope that we get some movement in order to create some value. Model says Rays minus 108, and I'm very comfortable with that number. I think the Rays should be slight favorites here because they're at home, but otherwise, I think the pitch starting pitchers are a wash, and I think the offensive edge that the Rays have washes out with the fact that this Orioles bullpen actually is pretty good, uh, continues to rate out as better. So I, I don't want to lay a price like minus 112 with the Rays, but I want more value than plus 108 with the Orioles. So right now, I just don't think there's any value. So we're going to see where the line moves. And like I said, I'm just going to go opposite, wait for someone to move it. And now we've created value on the other side. Again, assuming it's before starting lineups are announced, because that could potentially change things based off of if somebody's not playing. But I think it's perfectly priced. And I could be talked into either side. The Orioles have been on fire. I think it's a very reasonable play if you want to play them. But the Rays also are a solid team. And at some point, we don't want to overreact to this Orioles streak because a lot of the Orioles wins have come against subpar competition. So it's not like the Orioles, I think, are going to really compete for anything in the second half. And playing a team like the Rays on the road, this is where they probably then start losing again. And show us that they're they're improved and they're solid, but they're just not at that level yet. That'd be my, my thought process on it. And honestly, it's not that different than the Mariners. Um, difference is the Mariners playing the Rangers. I don't think the Rangers are <laughs> very good. Red is a little bit different of a story than playing the Rays, who are a, a pretty solid ball club, um, even with even with Franco out. So right now, I just don't think there's a lot of value on either side. If you press me and the number didn't move and you gave me plus odds on the Orioles, I probably would take plus odds, I guess. But like I said, I'm just going to wait for movement and take the value that's created off of that. So by the time you watch this, I may have already tweeted out a pick because the movement may be happening right now as I'm recording with regards to the total, I think under 7.5 makes a lot of sense. It's a B-grade pick for me. The model says 7.1. I think this number should be 7. I like the minus 105, and I like that if it lands 7, it wins. And 7 is a number that happens a lot in baseball games. I don't really trust either offense. Uh, the Rays bullpen, again, grades out pretty bad, but can mix and match, and I don't think is as bad as that rating is. I think they kind of know how to maximize the value there. I think the Rays will be playing much more lower-scoring games than they're not playing the Red Sox. And so I think under seven and a half makes a lot of sense. Orioles have been just a strong under team for most of the season. Offense has kind of kicked it into high gear here lately, but I don't think that's real. I think what's real is that the bullpen actually is pretty solid. And I think this is a low scoring type fun game. And we'll see which side we're on based off of what sort of movement happens and where we have value. Speaking of those Mariners getting it done for us again last night, if you saw on Twitter, upgraded that to an A pick as people were betting on the Rangers. I don't understand why. I, I know that Martin Perez is great. I talked about that. But at the prices that was that were being offered there, the fact that the Rangers were favored in that game and that people were betting more on them is just really surprising. This Rangers team is just very mediocre. This Mariners team is actually good. Maybe not great, uh, but they're actually a good team. Um, 
they're not going to win every game. And when they play some stiffer competition, they're going to lose some games. And they probably won't sweep this four-game series against the Rangers. The Rangers aren't that bad. Um, they're just not that good. Um, so the, the Mariners, you know, their one seat probably does come to an end at some point this weekend just because at some point they will lose. But we've made so much on the Mariners. I don't see why we stop riding them. It's an A-grade pick for me today at minus 175. You have a huge edge in the starting pitcher department. Robbie Ray is really getting it going lately. His ERA is down to 351, the advanced metrics trailing just right behind that. He's starting to actually look pretty good again after that really rough start. He's, I said about a month ago, I, yeah, you have to go find the episode, which is way too much work, so don't try to do it. It's a waste of time. But I said about a month ago with Ray, he's not nearly as good as those results he had last year winning the Cy Young, but he wasn't as bad as that early start. And at some point, we were able to fade him early on in the season. That worked really well because people were treating him like he's, you know, really Cy Young caliber. It's like, he, he's not that good. Like, he's good, not great. And then all of a sudden it flipped. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Ray's terrible. And it's like, no, it, the truth is, as with most things in life, right, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle, right? You know, you, you know I got a daughter in daycare, right? You know, two kids fighting. What happens is probably like a little bit of what both of them are saying, right? The truth is usually somewhere in the middle of these things. He's good, not great. And he's pitching well now. He's a guy that can go deep. The Mariners' bullpen, even if it has to get used, is pretty good. This Rangers' bullpen continues to look worse by the day. And going with a bullpen game today, Matt Bush will open. Taylor Hearn looks to get some work. Hearn might do better in a bulk role, as opposed the main pitcher role, whatever you want to call that guy, as opposed to starting. But, I mean, there's just too many bad relievers on this Rangers team. I don't know how they're going to get nine good innings. They're really relying on Hearn to get five good innings. And I mean, he's got some potential, but I just haven't seen it yet. This Mariners team is on fire. They, the Rangers offense grades out above average, but the Mariners offense grades out better. Their bullpen's better. I much trust Robbie Ray versus a bullpen type game or a game where Taylor Hearns probably involved. This is all Mariners here. The model says minus 198. I'm comfortable playing them up to that point. If you get to minus 200 at some point, at some point, the value sucked out of it. And that's what we expect to happen with a team like the Mariners. And I think it's already happened with the Orioles. I don't think it's happened yet with the Mariners. But when teams get hot like this and we start riding them, at some point, the value just disappears because everybody adjusts. I think, I think people have adjusted pretty well in the Orioles. I don't think it's quite there with the Mariners yet, but I, I think it's coming. And so if this number gets out, like I said, around 200, it's a, it's a tough it's a tough proposition because the value's you know eking away. At minus 175, I think there's a ton of value still. A great pick for me on the Mariners. I think they can keep it rolling here tonight. And I'll take the over eight with a B grade. The model says 8.2. But the model's been very heavy on unders involving both of these teams lately. And it definitely has not worked with the Rangers. Their offense, again, above average and their bullpen below average. That leads to more higher scoring games. Bullpen prominently involved today. This is one of the main tweaks that was kind of made here in the model was to kind of affect those totals and kind of say, hey, things get worse when you have to use your bullpen longer for most teams. Uh, so the fact that the model slipped on that, I'll take a B grade over on this one. It's kind of been the way the Rangers games have been going. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. But main investment, again, just backing the Mariners. Sticking in the state of Texas, 810 Eastern, first pitch, A's at the Astros. Cole Irvin versus Jake Odorisi. Both of these guys have three ERAs in the 330s. Uh, both of them advanced metrics say should actually be kind of in the low fours. Both these guys are very comparable, solid starting pitchers, both average. It's just the Astros have a huge edge everywhere else. They have a huge edge on offense. I am giving Altuve a 50-50 chance of playing. He got hit in the knee yesterday, first, I think, first pitch of the game. So he's 
But even then, the Astros still have a huge edge on offense. The Astros have a huge edge in the bullpen, and they're at home. Model says Astros minus 234. The model's saying, hey, the Astros, the, the model's saying, we've said the Astros were good. They've actually been better. Should we give them an even more of a bump? I'm comfortable playing the Astros up to minus 200 with an A grade, maybe even minus low 200s. I think they're the right side here. I, again, even if the starting pitchers are a wash, Irvin's not a pitcher that I really think is going to go eight innings. And that's what I'd have to have to feel confident here in backing the A's, unless you were giving me a huge number. If you were giving me plus 250, plus 240 maybe even, that makes a lot of sense. Again, the model says 234 is the right number. I think it might be worth the flyer because you say Irvin's not bad. But I just don't think he's going to go deep enough. I think the Astros are the side you want to be on here. I don't mind laying this big number, minus 196 in A-grade play. And I'll take the under 8 just with a lean, though. The model says 7.1. If Altuve plays, that's going to bump this number up to probably about 7.2, 7.3. So probably 7.2, I guess, it's he's 50-50. Um, I still think under is the right side. I just uh, I kind of zigged and zagged with these Astros totals wrong all season. Um, last night thought the over had a better chance. Um, that didn't happen. Um, two nights ago, I guess we got the over in that one because the angels scored a bunch, but for the most part, totals of the Astros just have been kind of harder to predict. Again, their offense is so good. They can score a ton, but they're pitching so good. They cannot allow a ton. So it's tough. I just don't have a good feel for these Astros totals. Model says low seven, so I'll go under, but it's not one that I'm really confident in. I mean, play here, just back the Astros. Uh, I, I think the price is too short here. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm okay taking crazy plus odds in situations like you saw with the Royals. But here with the Astros, I think uh, anything that's less than minus 200, even low minus 200, just makes too much sense to pass up, in my opinion. They're just that much better than the A's. 8 Eastern first pitch, White Sox at the Twins. 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. Winds will be blowing in, but only about five miles an hour. Michael Kopech versus Devin Smeltzer. Kopech, a 335 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be about a run higher than that. Devin Smeltzer, a 392 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be almost a run and a half higher than that. Kopech is not as good as that ERA. He grades out as a below average pitcher, but I think Smeltzer is worse. I'll go under nine with just a lean. I don't love going under when I think both pitchers have overperformed this year, and I don't expect them to continue doing that. But the model spits up exactly nine, so I think this total is spot on. And so I'm going to say I'll take the minus 105 rather than the minus 115. But I think nine is a perfect total for this one. So in reality, it's hard to say there's any value whatsoever in the total. I think nine makes a lot of sense. You have two okay bullpens, two mass starting pitchers, two solid offenses, but not really a hot night. I mean, that seems like a perfect recipe for exactly nine. I think this is a well-hung total. But I love the White Sox here at plus 125. It's an A-grade pick for me. The model says the Twins should be a minus 113 favorite, so says the Twins should have a slight edge, but not by that much. It basically says the Twins should be favored by exactly home field advantage and no more, and I think that makes sense. I mean, these starting pitchers, mostly a wash. These offenses, mostly a wash. These relievers, mostly a wash. I mean, this is these two teams are pretty even. If anything, you might give the Twins a slight edge with regards to the offense, uh, but... Smeltzer being a lefty, the white, way the White Sox hit lefties, I don't quite understand why this number is what it is. Plus 125 is just way too much value here. I like the White Sox here with an A-grade play. They've been kind of all over the map. The whole AL Central's been all over the map. But plus odds in an anything-can-happen type game, 
White Sox facing a lefty. Starting pitchers being a wash. I don't I don't see why we're getting plus 125. I love that number there on Chicago. 8.15 Eastern start time. Reds at the Cardinals. A warm one in St. Louis. We're going to start off at 90 degrees. We're going to finish in the low 80s. The winds will be blowing out at 5 to 10 miles an hour on this one. Hunter Green versus Andre Palante. Hunter Green, 5.70 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be a full run better than that. Palante, a 3.18 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be a full run higher than that. So I have edge starting pitcher-wise here to the Reds. It's the only area they're going to have an edge in this game is the Cardinals are the home team. They have a better offense and better relievers. But this Reds offense is average. The relievers are not. The relievers are terrible, which is why my main investment on this one is the over nine. I love this number. I don't understand it whatsoever. And at plus 105, it's just like, thank you even more. I mean, it's implied that this total might actually drop to eight and a half. Makes no sense. The model says 10.1. It's a hot night. The Reds relievers are garbage. Neither one of these pitchers is good. The Reds average is offense. The Cardinals offense is good. I have no idea what I'm missing. Again, there's a couple of these totals today that I'm like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I, and again, this could be a one nothing game, right? Baseball is weird, right? The Royals won last night, right? So we don't need any more evidence of weird things happen. And that's what we always talk about long-term probabilities. But I mean, they play this game in this, with these pitchers and these offenses and this atmosphere 10 times. I feel like we get over nine, like six of them, you know, maybe even seven accidentally. And at plus 105, like I don't understand this number at all. I love this over. I have no faith in really any of the pitchers involved in this game. At best, some of the pitchers are going to be mediocre until we get to maybe the ninth inning. Love this over nine. And with regards to the side, I'll take a flyer on the Reds at plus 146. Model says 140 is the right number. So a tiny bit of value on the Reds. Again, they have a little bit of an edge with the starter. Enough to, I think they can keep in this game, but the Reds' bullpen, especially with how they've been used lately with a couple of these extra inning games in New York, uh, worries me a little bit. So it's not one I want to be too heavily invested in. Um, I don't think they're coming off of their Super Bowl against the Yankees. I know that was obviously had to be fun for them, but I mean, they want to beat the Cardinals too. So I don't really see a letdown spot personally. Uh, it's just uh, their bullpen is worn out. And so. That's why I like the over even more, but it does make me a little bit nervous that the Reds can hang in, but I'm not sure they can get it done. So it's only a lean. I think they got a chance. I think plus 146 offers value, but it's not one that I want to be too heavily invested in personally. 840 Eastern first pitch Pirates at the Rockies. Look, I, 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 I tweeted about this specifically. Uh, one of the adjustments that I made was basically there's a cap on how much the model says we've been missing and adjust by it. And I don't think, I think that cap needed to be raised a little bit. Uh, because what was what was happening is the model was like, hey, we're missing on the Rockies, but the cap was preventing it from kind of overreacting, which was kind of the initial point. I wanted to be a little conservative with it. But as I looked into it, I was like, I need to raise that cap just a little bit, not a ton, just a little bit and kind of say, hey, like, let's be a little more aggressive with saying we're missing. And again, it's not about hot play. It's not about this last week or last two weeks. It's kind of just saying in general, like, if I'm consistently biased on a team, let's have that bias correction in there for these probabilities. So I did that. And look, we're still fading the Rockies, all right? We're still fading the Rockies. Pirates plus 130 is the play tonight. Even with that adjustment, the model says this should be 119. So plus 130 offers good enough value to give me a B-grade pick on the Pirates. Jose Quintana versus Herman Marquez. Quintana is a better pitcher than Marquez. He rates out better. It's not just the ERAs, right? Quintana's a 359 ERA. Advanced metrics line up right with that. 
Marquez is a 566 ERA, but the advanced metrics, it should be a run lower than that. He's, uh, you know, his ERA is inflated because of course field. It's inflated because of some bad bounces early on in the season. He's not that bad. Historically, he's been a solid pitcher. Uh, but Quintana's at this point, I think a better pitcher than Marquez. Neither offense is really exciting. Um, both are, both can really struggle at times. Uh, neither set of relievers is good, in my opinion. I don't see how the Rockies, basically you give the Rockies an extra 1% home field over every other team. And that's basically where this number is posted based off of what the model says. The model says that the Rockies win 54% of the time. And that seems right to me because that's how we want to treat the Rockies with regards to their extra home field advantage that they have for teams coming in there and struggling with the altitude. But this game, I think the Pirates relievers might be a little bit better than the Rockies relievers. Uh, Rockies might have an edge in that their offense does do better against lefties. Uh, but again, Quintana's a better pitcher than Marquez. It's all a wash. I think the only edge the Rockies have is home field. So plus 130 offers enough value to make it a B-grade play. And with regards to the total, I think it's hung exactly where it should be. The model says 10.8 and 11 minus 120 is basically 10.8. So I think the total is spot on. I'll lean under because I think both of these starting pitchers are decent and I just don't trust either offense, um, but it's not one that I'm confident in. There's always that extra variability in course. So I don't think this total offers a lot of value. It's hard to go under given the bullpens, given course field. Um, it's hard to go over because both starters are above average and I just don't love either one of these offenses. Weather-wise, it's not being as hot as yesterday. Uh, it'll be upper 70s to start, low 70s to close and no wind effect really to start with, maybe by the end of the game, slight breeze blowing in, but not really much weather-wise to impact it one way or the other as well. I think 11 is a really, really smart number here. I'll lean under, but it's not one I really like. Hopefully we can finally be successful fading the Rockies. I feel like we're successful fading the Rockies like once a, once a week. Maybe we can maybe we can do like twice this week. 907 first pitch Dodgers at the Angels. Um... Upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. Winds will be blowing out, just like usual, dying down as that goes on. It's kind of a standard night in L.A. Clayton Kershaw versus Patrick Sandoval. Uh, both pitchers pretty good here. Kershaw, 240 ERA. Underlying metrics say it should be a tad higher than that, not by much. Sandoval, 295 ERA. Again, underlying metrics say a tad higher, but not by much. Both pitchers I like, but still Kershaw's a better pitcher. Dodgers relievers are better. Dodgers offense is a lot better. Uh, Models says Dodgers minus... 193, so not really any edge on the side based off the prices I'm seeing now. But I'll take a flyer here on this run line and give it a B grade. I think minus 125 is a little bit short based off of the fact uh, that the price for the Dodgers money line is minus 200. I was expecting this run line to be more like minus 130, minus 135. I think there's a little bit of value here at minus 125 on this Dodgers run line. I like the fact that they're the road team. That gives us a little bit of an extra chance of winning, especially if it does get to extra innings um, versus if they're the home team. Dodgers just have an edge everywhere. I just don't really want to lay minus 200. I just don't think there's a ton of value. But again, I think that translates to a bit of a off price here on the run line. So I want to try to take advantage of that value. And the total model says 8.4. So I'll go over 8 minus 108. A B-grade pick. Can't be overly confident because these pitchers aren't bad. But, again, the Dodgers' offense is good enough, and the Angels' relievers can give up runs in a hurry. So I think it's a situation where the Dodgers should score a little bit early and then maybe a lot late can get us over this eight and win comfortably. Double B picks for me in that one.
9.40 Eastern start time. Diamondbacks at the Padres. Nice night in San Diego, 72 degrees to start. We're going to close in the upper 60s. No wind effect there, under five miles an hour. Madison Bumgarner versus Hugh Darvish. Bumgarner, 365 ERA. Underlying metrics say, though, it should be a run higher. So he rates that as below average in my database. Hugh Darvish, 338 ERA. Advanced metrics pretty close to that, maybe a tiny bit worse. But again, as I mentioned before, I've been really impressed with Darvish. He's having a good season, a little bit of a resurgence. And a guy I really thought was kind of on his way out, but he's he's kind of found it again and is pitching well. You know, maybe not to the Cy Young quality that he had for a couple of seasons there, but he's having a good season here for the Padres. That said, though, I'll take the Diamondbacks plus 166 with a B grade. I just think there's a lot of value here. The model says 162. So 166 is about as low as I want to go, but Bumgarner's good enough to keep them in this game. And at plus 166, the Diamondbacks have a chance to pull this off. Padres' offense isn't anything special. Their relievers grade out well, but their relievers, I feel like, are terrifying to watch. So, I mean, anything can kind of happen in this game. The Padres, of course, are hoping that Darvish goes 7 or 8, really minimizes that bullpen. That's obviously your big hope there. I just don't think laying a price like minus 181 makes a lot of sense on the Padres because Bumgarner's decent enough that anything can happen. The model has really soured on Bumgarner, but again, his results keep hanging in there, so... Not a guy that I'm going to say, like, can keep outperforming. I don't think that's usually accurate. But a guy who's, again, decent enough that plus 166 offers enough value that I don't want to let that pass up. B-grade pick for me there. Again, weird things happen in baseball. And I don't think anybody would be overly surprised at a game where Bumgarner beats Darvish, right? Neither one of these offenses is great. Neither one of these bullpens I think is that great. I think there's just some value at this number. With regards to the total, I think it's set perfectly. The model says 74 I'll go under seven and a half at minus 120 because, again, I like the way Darvish has pitched this year. And I think Bumgarner's probably a little better than the model realizes. I don't, I mean, the model gives him a 106. I feel like he's more average than that. So I'll go under, but I mean, I think it's hung, this number's hung really well. Um, not one I think is overly investable. I don't think you can go over because I think the pitchers are bad um, and the offenses are good, but it's hard to be confident under with these with these set of relievers. So again, the total I think is pretty solid, but I'll take a chance with the Diamondbacks. Plus 166 offers some value to me. Wrapping us up here, 10-15 Eastern first pitch Brewers at the Giants. I think last night's lived up to the billing uh, with Burns and Radon. Tonight, kind of the undercard for that, Burns and Woodruff, also very good. Maybe not as good as Burns, but still very good. 401 ERA this season. He's had some struggle on the results, but the advanced metrics are there. Say his ERA should be in the upper two. So Woodruff is still a guy I completely trust. At this point, I think it's just some bad bounces there on that ERA, but don't be misled. He is still phenomenal. Alex Wood, kind of a similar story, 443 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be in the low threes. A guy I've really liked. The big difference here, I think, is the same thing about last night. I mentioned this specifically last night. It's exactly how it played out, that Rodon is a guy who can get his pitch count up. Burns is a guy who can go deeper. And then when you start talking about who is pitching in relief. I want the Brewers. That's exactly how it played out. Radon leaves the game after five, has a 2-1 lead, but the Giants can't manage to go four clean innings. Brewers tie it up, and then they get the one in extras. It's a same sort of situation. I really like both these starting pitchers. The big difference is the fact that Woodruff can give you a lot more length than Alex Wood can. Wood is really good, but he's only good for five innings for the most part, maybe six at most. This Brewers offense isn't great, but they can work pitch counts. They can drive those up like they did last night. And again, when it gets to the bullpens, Brewers have a huge edge 
over this Giants relief core, which has just really struggled this year. Doesn't project well at all. Last year, they were phenomenal. I don't know how much of that was Buster Posey, but in a situation with last year's bullpen, give me Alex Wood all day long on that Giants relief core. Totally fine this year. I like Wood. I think he's undervalued, but I'm very nervous about the same thing happening last night. The Giants might be leading after five, but if they're not leading by a bunch, I'll take my chances with the Brewers here. Minus 126 is a B grade for me. The model says minus 132. It's about as high as I want to go with regards to the value. But the Brewers are the side that I want to be on tonight. I just think that Woodruff can get it done for us here. In what should be a cold night in San Francisco, like usual, starting off around 60 degrees, closing in the upper 50s. Winds be blowing out, but again, that's minimized in that park and dying down as the night goes along. So not really much of a wind effect at all there. Kind of a standard chilly night in San Francisco. And the model says the total's hung perfectly. The model says 7.1. I'll go under 7 because it's even money. But again, I think this total is nailed right on the head. It's one that I don't think that there's really an investable opportunity on. Again, if I could get more length out of wood, and you could tell me it wasn't going to go extra innings, I'd go hard on this under 7. But knowing how much the Giants bullpen might be involved, knowing they might have extra innings, I just don't think under seven is, is one that I can feel that confident in perfectly because those two things are definitely on the table. And it's one I don't want to go over on because, like I said, I think Wood's undervalued and, and I think Woodruff is as well. I think I'm not sure people realize that he is still a phenomenal pitcher. Uh, just some bad bounces there making the ERA balloon a little bit, but I don't think that's accurate. So the apex for me today you got the Phillies plus 148 at the Marlins. We've got the Braves and Nationals under nine and a half at minus 117. Got the Tigers and Guardians. I've got the Guardians at minus 181. Mariners in the range. I got the Mariners at minus 175. Astros minus 196 at home against the A's. White Sox plus 125 at the Twins. And then this over nine at plus odds for some reason in Cincinnati and St. Louis. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel shop right into your feed. I will see you sometime again. Not really sure when. Again, going to be really difficult for me to get a show in tomorrow, but we'll have something for you here. Some college football stuff, some extra goodies. We'll do something here. Uh, in the meantime, to get you some interesting sports betting content and then for sure be back with normal baseball shows on Thursday if there's not one before then. Until then, best of luck. And as always, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.